0: <laughs> Welcome back to the Change Physician. I'm Melissa Katie, the Challenge Doctor, with my co host, Dr. Kevin Caccaro. To bring a little discussion from our recent episode with Dr. Corey Fawcett, uh, it was actually titled The Doctor's Guide to Smart Career Alternatives and Retirement, which is actually his book. So make sure to check out the show notes on the you know, video from YouTube, which has a link that you can go to to find that book. But uh, we thought we'd just have a little deep dive on that and talk a little bit about what we heard, our thoughts. And uh, why don't you take it away, Kevin, and get us rolling on it?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, The Doctor's Guide to Smart Career Alternatives and Retirement, just like most of Cora's book, there's a lot of information in this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think he even mentioned it. There's basically kind of like three books. There's sort of this, your career um, and then there's a non-clinical section and then really the guide to retirement. So there, so there's different phases, I would say, in this book and a lot of information that we didn't get to cover completely. One of the things that though surfaced really, really early for me was the idea of um, you know, people are like, I hate medicine, blah, blah, blah. I want to get out. And mean, you see the physician forms. oh, blah, I want to retire early and fire and blah, blah, blah. Well, why don't you instead work on creating the practice that you want? And, but the one key piece of that, which I can't remember if we talked about or not, but I, I flagged it, I actually wrote it down, was when Corey was talking about um, designing his own practice. And when he started becoming really aware and really kind of cognizant of, of when to do it um, was when he paid off his mortgage and, or yeah, I think it was his mortgage. So why does that become important? Um, to me, is like I don't know what his internal situation is, but we know that when you are under significant distress, it is very, very difficult to see options. Uh, when you know under, when you are under stress, your your viewpoint tends to narrow. Um, it starts to like you start you, you can't think of uh, think about next step scenarios. Can't think long term. You don't have a lot of creative thinking that's involved with it as very well. And so I thought that was very interesting, is because it was after he paid that off. That he'd be able to see. And so I wanted to point out to other people is if you are having a really hard time struggling with finding alternatives to your practice, maybe you were hate where you are, you hate what you're doing. One of the is just to be aware of how stressed you are. If you are under stress, it becomes harder to see those alternatives, and also more likely to discount them when someone is telling you. If you're aware of it, though, then you can see that little trigger and say, hey, wait a second here. Is is this because this isn't true or I really have no options or am I simply really stressed out and I'm not letting letting myself to actually fully appreciate them? Because there are always options. That's something we talk about all the time on this podcast. If you are a physician, you have options. So that was a a really big one for me. Um, The second one that kind of built right into that as well is is understanding what it is that you want and also what you don't want, what makes you happy about your practice and what makes you unhappy and those and being really aware of both of them then allows you to either craft a scenario where you're asking. And we talked a lot about that is just because your contract says something doesn't mean you can't do it. And just because your practice doesn't do something doesn't mean it's not possible. If you haven't talked to somebody, if you haven't approached, um, um, Whoever you're with, or if you're, you know, if you're an administrator, or or if you're in an employed situation, you know, talk about revising your contract, thinking about positive options. um, It would be good to have a negotiator on here because if you put those in a in a win-win scenario, I think, and you get the right people involved, you're much better to have that kind of uh, uh, that negotiation. Um, If you're in a private practice and you think, well, I can't do this because it's going to kill me financially, well, really. Drop out the numbers and think like, I, I love the part where he talked about like, I hate vascular surgery. I didn't want to do it anymore. And he thought it was gonna, um, you know, he thought that was, that was the reason he didn't want it. He kept doing it until he paid off his mortgage. And then when he, we did that, and he didn't have that stress. Then he's like, well, okay, I can drop vascular now. I'm not worried about that. And then his income didn't change. <laughs> because the referral pattern switched he, you know his vascular went to the guy who loved doing vascular and the stuff that the guy that loves that doing vascular that he liked to do ended up coming to him because there's only so much any one person can do and That's there's right. so much volume out there uh so i i um i, I really like enjoyed that discussion and so the three things is being aware of stress and your decision making to really understanding what it is that makes you unhappy versus not a um, little more there we can get into a little bit here and then last thing is um, making sure you have, you see the options and don't make decisions for future outcomes based on no or partial knowledge. It's like, like filling in saying like, no one's going to agree to this because instead it says I haven't asked this so I don't have the data to actually say whether or not there's this is going to be acceptable or or not acceptable.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking about you know some of the initial things you said and just change in general, um, is, you know, you, you want to, you talk about stress and how you get narrowed and your, your view of things. And, you know, for a lot of things, if you, the way to set yourself up for success is to be aware of those, those things and be able to, uh, sometimes like people just want to change how they're eating or whatever it is. I mean, it could be career. It could just be your activity, whatever it is. Um, if you, sometimes you have to set the stage so that you can be less stressed, and maybe take that opportunity. Um, It's easier to take those opportunities and see the bigger picture. Um, If you're aware of the things that are stressing you out, or the things you could change so that you can put yourself in a better situation. That was one of the things I thought about. And and, uh, you'd already kind of mentioned the contracts and how they naturally, a lot of times they're for one year and then they just auto renew and uh, always having a copy, <laughs> having access to it, knowing when the reset date in the next year is coming around. And like, you know, Kevin, you said, is just being aware of the things you love and don't love and see if there's something you can negotiate with that contract for the following year. And, and, see and how that, that, is, that
1: was a huge one that I had forgot about until he yeah. said about, is because I th- there's so many people, I think, just let those things auto-renew until someone else changes it. Mm-hmm. And um, we tend to, we, you know, I think as physicians, are, and obviously this is my bias, we tend to think that, that there's all this external stuff that's driving us. And we forget that the same things that other people are using to kind of control our practice environments, we also have control over as well. And the contract was a big one. So when he was talking about reviewing your contract, like I would say you review your contract annually. And you mm-hmm. certainly review it every time it's up for renewal again, probably 30, 60, whatever your time frame in advance that you need to do is freaking brilliant because the longer you've been practicing and the and the more established you are, and de- you know, depending on, you know, I hate to say it, but how much money you're generating or whatever, you are the the longer you've been there, the more control you should have. If you were working with a smart practice, and granted a lot of health systems are run by a bunch of ding-dongs, but um <laughs> I mean, seriously. I was like, yeah. this is the thing I like. Like, I've heard. So we talk about asking for options, right? Ask options. Don't let you know. Don't say no to yourself. So, do you want to work half day? Ask. Don't say, oh, they're never going all out because you don't know. Because a smart health system knows how much it costs to recruit a new physician. Last time I remember is like two hundred fifty thousand for a family doc for for a general practitioner. I think it's probably more than that now. So it would make more sense to keep your docs happy and work with them than it is to say no, then lose them, particularly if you're willing to walk and start over again. Now, granted, some places are dumb and they're dumb. They are just like flat out stupid. Um, but the, but the smart places will be like, Oh, well, how can I keep this person happy? They're a good producer are They don't have any complaints. You know, the patients are happy with them or whatever. Let's make sure this doctor is happy so they don't leave. So those are those contract renewers, man. That's like, that was gold, like total gold.
0: Yeah. And there's an element here we haven't talked about that um, as physicians, I think we minimize, uh, not everyone, but I do think there's a lot of times we get used to this kind of like black and white. This is just how it's done, and da da da. And in the process, in a way, we're kind of devaluing our own value that we have or um, devaluing ourselves and that. There is a lot of times room for negotiation, especially if you're miserable, if you're burned out and there's something that that little tweak, you don't even realize sometimes people have no idea how much one little change, whether it's just take one day off instead of working five days, working four days, like you, sometimes you have no idea because you've never lived your life that way. You don't realize how that can radically transform your mental health, your just joy in life in general, personally or professionally, and all of it bleeds over. I mean, you can't you can't say that these things don't affect you, um, as a person. So when you do deal with the contracts, you basically are saying, you know, you don't have to be, you know, annoying about it or like, I'm better than you. It's just, you know, I provide great service. I do good for my patients and, you know, I really, whether it's a raise, it could be, you've been working there 10 years. I don't know. Um, but whatever it is you feel like could make a difference for you. That means you're valuing what you bring to the table. And sure, like you said, it's possible that they could be like, nope, sorry, let you go. But if they do value you and, and or they want to keep you, because Lord knows right now, there's just like so much need for help right now that there is a lot of negoc- negotiations that could be successful. And so it just reminded me just recently, I won't go into details, but even my husband who's not medical, she's like, you know, just... Just say you need this and you need this, and and it doesn't have to be black and white, even though I want it to be black and white, it's either yes or no. And then you present something different, and then lo and behold, they they change the terms of what they normally do. And so um, you know, you just never know. Sometimes opportunities or changes in what you're doing can arise by just going forth with the conversation and just see what happens. I mean, the worst case scenario is that they say, see ya or nothing changes and then you make the decision at that point so at least you tried that's how i see it now
1: but I, i've been trying to remember the saying about like um you know don't be the one to say no to yourself or something that's not how it was, oh, it was yeah. basically is like we we tend to like think and if you're a big thinker like me you we think well i'm gonna do this and then you plot three down three actions down the line and they're like oh they're gonna say no so then you don't do it, right? Don't say no to yourself. Let someone else say no. Mm-hmm. And um, because man, so, so just because you think no one's going to do it doesn't mean that that's the way other people are going to think. So right, it's so, so important is to just ask. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm i going to say, I'm, I'm horrible at that. Like, I don't, I it's a little uncomfortable. Maybe there's a fear of rejection or whatever. I'm not, I mean, it literally is like, this is, is an exercise you could do to improve. This is when you go out to eat is ask if you can change something. You know, you're getting a salad and they have I don't know, whatever bacon on it. Can you replace it with tofu or something? Little small things that you can do to simply ask for a change that's not written so you get to practice doing it. Um, because that's something all of us should be, you know, let, let somebody else say no. There actually, um, do you know Noah Kagan? He's in Austin. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he Absolutely. had this exercise called the yeah, the, the coffee challenge. And um, what you would do is you would go in. To a coffee place or whatever, and you would say, Hey, can I have 10, 10% off or whatever? You know, you order your coffee. Oh, you kind get 10% off. And like, well, why? And you he, just say, Just because, right? Or whatever. <laughs> I mean, he, he actually says, Don't tell him it's your birthday. I just like say it's because. And the, the whole point of it is to actually get rejected. Yeah. Except sometimes you don't get rejected. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, it's, they're like, Okay. You know, I'm like okay. Um, but but it's that kind of mentality and, and and it is hard. Like I I I should probably do that more. I don't do it enough. Um, but it's it's it is important, I think, as a physician, because we tend to, to think that all decisions are kind of uh are written in stone,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and really the rest of the world isn't actually i was, from the business side, they are absolutely wow. positively not working off of that. Yeah. yeah, uh yeah. So anyway, go out there and ask for things that you want. Like crazy, right? Ask for things. What are they going to say? They can see no, in which case you're exactly where you are, or they could say yes, and things can change.
0: Yeah. And so I think the complicating factor is there's quite a few physicians that are, um, I don't want to call them all people pleasers, but there's an element of caring or pleasing, or um, just following the books, you know, the rules. And, and that just doesn't, that doesn't follow that uh, with what you're saying, like to ask my husband's an expert at it. Like he can do it left and right with anybody and everybody. He, he has the capacity to talk to someone on Amazon about some other purchase and brings up my book and then ends up convincing them to buy my book while we're, he's the customer like of Amazon. So he's just, he's just really good at negotiating or, or selling Um, without them feeling like they're being sold to, like, he just has that, that business knack, I guess you can call it, but as physicians, I don't feel like that's kind of our, a knack that we have. Um, so.
1: Yeah, I I think it's a, it's a, it's a people thing. Like, I, I I think there's most, I want to say most of us, because this is the way I see it. I don't know if it's necessarily true. We have to actually pull and look it up, but I think yeah. I think most of us are somewhat scared of rejection. Mm-hmm. and I think that most of us aren't willing to ask for things because we're going to we're scared be that they'll be rejected. And a lot of us, I think, we're taught to not ask for things. Yeah. This is the rules. This is the way you do it, and this is how you do it. yeah, right? don't question it. Don't question it. <laughs> um, some we of that may like have to do be- with I'm sorry, I was going to say some of that has may have to do with the, the way that our school systems were historically designed, which has a very interesting history um, on, you know, why do we have bells and why do we sit down and why do we do the same things the same way? Um, But it is, it is uncomfortable, but because it is uncomfortable is probably something we should do. We should, maybe we should steal Noah's challenge, pick some sort of change position challenge thing. We won't call it the coffee challenge and we'll credit Noah Kagan on it, but um, it it is, it's really powerful. Just just ask for stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
0: one other thing on that is not only do you not want to be rejected, but there is also another element of when you like sometimes you can make that person uncomfortable. And we don't want we get uncomfortable because they're uncomfortable having to like say no or I can't have the power to do that or that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think there's like on both sides.
1: Well, and one thing I would say on that, though, is when you ask is then shut up. Mm. because sometimes we both get uncomfortable and then you can see them and you know oh, oh never mind over never mind right no just keep your mouth shut
0: yeah let them deal with their own and if insight. they're
1: and if they're uncomfortable <laughs> you can just stare at each other uncomfortably <laughs> and see who the first one who talks is but yeah. anyway
0: yeah well that's interesting um yeah so we talked about contracts and uh um... well in the
1: clinical the clinical and there was one one other piece that we were talking about like kind of clinically related careers um oh is making sure you understand why you're you're not happy and we I kind of predict is unhappy versus not happy because he did mention the time he thought he was going to quit medicine yeah, because he was so upset and it wasn't nece- it wasn't because of his medicine it was because of a person who had had a, yeah. you know a, a personal conflict with that somebody. was interesting that was yeah. super super interesting yeah and and i do think that is a that's a big deal because and, and I, th- I think that's why you walk, walk, you know, what do you like? What do you don't like? Because uh, this is what we talk about this when we started the podcast is there are a lot of people think they hate the practice of medicine. Yeah. They don't hate medicine. They hate the environment. They hate all this other external stuff. And the the more you kind of recognize those things, then you can move towards what it is that you like. So you can, there's, you know, your likes, your dislikes, you can move away from your dislikes. You can move towards your likes. That's not exactly the same exact path. Although if you have them both lined up, you can you can align them a little bit better. Um, but I thought that was a really a really really good one because I'm sure there are some people who think, "Oh man, I hate medicine." It's not medicine. It may be something else.
0: Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, you know, I know you mentioned we didn't really touch on everything in that. Um,
1: we missed this. Was- we missed the second, third of it, which was the non-clinical. We didn't talk yeah. anything about the non-clinical careers. Yeah. Um yeah. consulting
0: um there, there's all kinds of examples
1: expert witness consulting medical writing I mean there there the there you know they're, you can't google non clinical careers for physicians I I I kind of want to talk about it because I think the most important peep thing that people needs to understand when it comes to non clinical careers mm-hmm. is the vast majority of the time you are not going to make what you could in clinical mm-hmm. practice. Right. Like it, it it um maybe, maybe some super rare accessions. You go off and you have your own business and it's successful. Um, but I will tell you, even haven't had my own business, I was making money that people would consume or would assume was a successful business, like a small business. It was significantly less than what I would have made in clinical practice. Like yeah. significantly less. Yeah. Um and, you know, and, but there are, anyway, I just think that's important because if you're going thinking, if you're an orthopedic surgeon thinking you're going to drop out of orthopedic surgery and just take up medically writing and you make the same amount, you're, that's a, that's a pipe dream right. and you need to be at least aware of it. You know, maybe you're going to be a Michael Crichton, maybe, maybe, Um, but, but, it, but, it, but once you're at least aware of, you still can make pretty good money more than a lot of people. And, um, and then we got a question about like values and what you want your life to be. And question, you know, we've talked a lot about that, like savings versus this and being within your means and what makes you happy. Um, but I do, I, I just think that's really important to people to understand is, is non-clinical tends to pay a lot less than clinical medicine, particularly now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there are a few people that go viral if they hit the social media light and, you know, there's, I could, there's of- a
1: lot of people I would say that are on the social media that project that they're making more than they actually are
0: that too yeah but i do know that some of the people that end up going viral can be asked to you know be like a keynote speaker and for you know one hour can be paid 10 to 25 grand for you know so there are those people that can do that but i would say that first of all you got to enjoy doing that (laughs) to really keep that going
1: and, and that sounds like a lot right so then, yeah, if like
0: you do it a few times a let's, year, let's like
1: you get 20 grand, which is insane for a speaker's fee. Yeah. Like insane. Right. Yeah. So, okay. To, to, then Now you have to do it for an average physician salary. You have to do that uh, at least once a month, at least once a month mm-hmm. in order to get 240K. Right. Yeah. And that is a low average, I think, for most physician salaries now. Like it's yeah. actually gone up. Um and it is not easy to get twelve speaking gigs paying you right. twenty grand, right. Right? Um, right? So I, you know, I you can't you can do it, but it's really hard. Um, I mean, I you know, do a guy who like a lot of the authors. I think I actually somehow I got a hold of somebody's like speaker's fees. I can't, I think what happened is I was speaking at a conference and they had someone coming in and they accidentally replied all with the details of this guy yeah. who had written a bestseller and all that stuff. And it was like, um, I think they were getting like 10, a little over 10 grand for yeah. the speech plus right. like flights and stuff to get right, there. Right. But it, yeah. it, it was a lot, particularly more than the rest of us who actually were providing what I would consider useful information, not yeah. like Whatever, like how to this is useful for your practice, um, but it wasn't like you know Oprah Winfrey or you know, whatever making two hundred thousand with their speech or
0: yeah yeah I mean you're dealing with different levels of popularity of people but you know there's some people have different streams of income I mean Doctor Anna Kabecka the girlfriend doctor we've interviewed. Oh, yeah. I don't know exactly how much she makes, but she's private labeled things and and done things, so who knows? Oh, she's a yeah.
1: Hers, her, she's a business person. Yeah, you know. So she's got the clinical practice, then she's got the supplements. Yeah. So um, and that's a whole different thing because yeah. Anyway, you're once yeah. you're doing the selling thing, um, that's still hard. And uh, she's totally. done really well for herself. That's yeah. And yeah. so and to do that well, you have to get used with rejection, and you should be doing things like asking for ten percent off at the coffee place just for no reason at all, and see what they say.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because there there is a certain element of resilience you have to have to to just move forward and actually be successful in the way that she has. So, oh yeah, um, yeah, I think you know. Uh, and one of the last things I wanted to mention about that conversation with uh, Dr. Corey Fawcett was um, I just like the fact that his favorite thing to do is help bring joy back into people's practice or their lives versus like. Not necessarily wanting them to retire, um, you know, prematurely, but really to find joy in what they're doing and redesign their lives. So
1: I like well, that. And that was, you know, is is whatever you're doing, finding joy in that. And yeah. um, again, that was one of the reasons we started this podcast is people can, is being able to find something meaningful in, there's a reason you went to medical school. Um, we have all sorts of amazing options out there. And people are like, oh, I just want to, I want to quit. I want to go, you know, be a barista somewhere. Well, if you, if that's your calling, sure, that's great. But if you're running away from something simply because you're running away and you don't know the reasons why, um, you kind of throwing a lot of stuff down the drain that, um, you know, we've, we've had so many guests on that talk about their practice, what they've been doing, how they've, you know, brought joy. It may be changing clinical practice, maybe open up a direct primary care clinic. It may be something on the side, um, yeah. Anyway. So I, I thought that was really cool. He was talking as well. Um, my last thing, if we had to talk about would be the last third of the book, which he was talking about retirement,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which, um, I, I, yeah, I don't really like that word. I really kind of think about it more of like a transition point.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: another thing that he said is when he was talking about retirement with one of his partners, remember? And the partner said, oh, that's great. What are you going to retire to?
0: Yes. That's like, awesome. oh, that
1: made me think. That is that that any sort of transition you could use that phrase because you're you there's transitioning from something and then there's transitioning to something. And if you're thinking about transitioning to you're in, at least in 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 my opinion and the way I kind of frame this as I think through it, that transition becomes much better, yeah, because rather than flee something into the unknown, now what you're doing is you're you're much more aware and intentional about the actions that you're taking um. And obviously that rubbed my biases because that's what I'm doing exactly right now. Mm-hmm. I am in the active phases of trying to figure out how I'm going to transition to the next phase. Yeah. That next phase is not happen next year, folks. But within the next five years, I'm kind of looking at things like, well, where do I want to be? Who do I want to be with? What do I want to do? And it's a little overwhelming, but it's, it, but it's cool. And it is the first time in my life I've ever done this. So I love that phase. You know, not retiring from but retiring to not transitioning from but transitioning to so what are you guys going to transition to yeah that could be a new practice new life whatever
0: yeah and i've got my own that i won't share at this point but other things you'll share at some
1: point right we're we're waiting on you
0: i want to know what this next five years you know how that's going to look so Yeah. yeah always opportunities and plenty of options out there for physicians and so make sure to check out the um the book that Dr. Corey Fawcett wrote, The Doctor's Guide to Smart Career Alternatives and Retirement. Um, and we'll put some show notes uh, to click on that. To I think it's on Amazon. Um, you can find it there. But um, you want to take us out, Kevin?
1: Sure. Well, thank you all for joining us on this episode of the Change Physician podcast. As always, if you can join the community at thechangephysician.com, whether you are a physician or a physician ally. And until next time, stay well.